a little off Highway 1, not too far down 550. If you look to the north, you'll find yourself at Sandy Ridge Stallion Station, where Doug and Carol Schaefer have offered top quality, good-looking, versatile, world-class stallions with speed and cow genetics at affordable prices for many years. It has been home to over 60 incredible stallions, including Doc's Paradise, Fast Moon Chick, Crimson Jess, Plain Special, Give Him a Lickin', Mr. Horton, and many more. Doug and Carol were high school sweethearts and have turned what was once a hobby to one of the leading stallion stations in Western Canada, breeding approximately 185 mares per year. Currently standing at Sandy Ridge is a classic guy by Frenchman's Guy, three Dash to Fame stallions including He's Gotta Be Famous, Famous Last Call, and Fixin' Two, Root Beer Boots by Root Beer Doc, and new to Sandy Ridge is I'm Da Boss by Trace Ace. I'm excited to have Doug and Carol on the podcast today to discuss this successful venture. Welcome, Doug and Carol. How are you guys doing today? With weather like this, who could complain? You know, I've got to ask you guys, have you been watching the show Yellowstone at all? No, we haven't. sheltered <laughs> here. I need to do that. <laughs> you definitely do. If you guys have Amazon Prime or if you know somebody that has I Amazon do. Prime. I do have it. I just have to do it. Yeah, yeah we'll, we'll have to get you set up after the conversation so you guys can dive into it. Kevin Costner does a heck of a job on that show. It's really good. I've been hearing great reviews and just have to make sure and do it. So I will now. Perfect. Good. Okay, well... I want to hear about your guys' story. You guys were high school sweethearts. Doug, you bought your first stallion when you were 16 years old. To now, you guys have had over 60 stallions over the years, and you're breeding about 187 mares per year. Tell us how you got here. Well, first of all, when I was about five years old, I was totally in love with horses, and I collected those little plastic horses, Mm -hmm. and I'd get a bobby pin and go up to my mother's stove and heat it up and brand all my horses and all that. <laughs> so I had about 50 or 60 toy horses in little corrals and everything else. And basically I'd love to find a picture of that now because I've got the same thing only I have to feed them twice a day. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we still we still have the horses though. The little plastic horses the grandkids play with them. Yeah. Oh, I love that so much. <laughs> he would plan he would lay out his little corral setups in his barn. Pretty cool. He just manifested his future right then and there. Yeah, That's apparently so. Yeah. Right? And a, a neighbor said to him the other day, a friend that he grew up with, well, Doug, I remember, you know, you always wanted to have a lot of horses and a, and a ranch, and it actually happened. It did. He grew up in town. He, um, his father worked at a honey plant. So, he, you know, he was a town boy, but he sure liked his horses. He got out of town and worked on some ranches, and it went from there. Very cool. So, Doug, what made you want to buy a stallion when you were 16 years old? Well, I figured if I was going to feed something, I might as well have something that would pay their way. Mm-hmm. And, and actually, I did buy my first stallion at 15. Um, one of the old cowboys that I've worked with on the cow camps. I started on the cow camps when I was 13, where I did AI pastures. Okay. And one of these old cowboys had this old stud, and he needed a home for him. And the stud was named Leo Nick. He was the direct stud of Leo, two, three, four. And I was a mare called Nick's Body by Nick Shoemaker. But he was ver- basically sterile, which I didn't know at the time. And so he was our first stallion. And I don't know, just, he kind of just kept going from there. And it gave me a taste for good horses. And it's something that Carol and I have, you know, developed a f- flavor for. And so... We 
just we, we would buy the best we could afford and then sell them and try and make a down payment on another one that just kept trying to upgrade all the time and even now at 70 years old I still haven't quit. <laughs> no you haven't quit at all. Carol what was your involvement with horses back back when you guys were 16 years old? Hmm. Uh, my dad had a cattle ranch and so I grew up riding horses. Um, my dad was basically a farmer who had cows and so <laughs> he didn't really teach me a lot of horsemanship skills but it was just things that I learned on on my own. That's great. So, yeah, so you guys started out, your high school sweethearts, Doug gets his first stallion and he kind of gets a taste for it and then you guys keep building. So, you guys... Actually, I, yeah, I had the, my first stallion before I had my first girlfriend. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so, yeah. Oh, that's too funny. Um, so, yeah, so he would, yeah, he'd buy stallions out of the States. Uh, he used to buy them when the dollar was in our favor and he could get the, a you know, hauler to bring them up here and still break even on the dollar so pay for the trucking yeah back in the good old days i would love back to see the, the dollar come yeah. back <laughs> yeah. so you went from that and then over the years you've had over 60 stallions let's let's talk about your current stallions that you had I want to know, um, I guess, how long you've had them with you and what made you decide that you wanted to pick that stallion. And also maybe let's touch base on if someone has a mare, they're looking to breed, what kind of mare you think would cross best with each of them. So let's start off with root beer boots. Um, Lynette Broadway, she's had great success with her root beer offspring, um, SR Route 66. She won the CBHI Derby, High Point Derby in the Open in 2013. Um, SR Boots on Fire 2020, she won the first go of the CBHI Derby, and she won the Super Stakes with a 16954, which was so fun to watch. So, wasn't that incredible? Oh, yeah. wasn't it? So let's talk mm -hmm. about Root Beer Boots. Well, let's talk about Lynette Broadway. <laughs> <laughs> we can have the best horses in the world, but if we don't get them under the right riders, they're not they're just another horse. Right. And so we were very fortunate to have, you know, Boots, um, his father never left the show ring without having points. His father's a high point junior working cow horse. Mm -hmm. We bought him sight unseen. He was supposed to be 15 hands. They guaranteed him 15 hands, and he was not 15 hands when we got him. So she said, keep the horse with one breeding season, and then I'll buy him back if you're not happy. And the horse turned out really well. And one of our neighbors bred a merit to a root beer dock, Boots' dad, and they had this colt and I tried to buy him and because he was a pretty horse for socks and that and I wanted to do something special for Carol and um, he said no I'll never sell him and one day he phoned me and he said would you want to buy him and I said why do you want to sell him and he says well he has uh, 16 stitches in his chest if he stays here he's going to really get hurt so we bought him and we bought him as a gelding and that but we never gelded him just never got around to it and people and then I sent him, we sent him to Locke, and Locke just said, you have a lot more horse here than you think, and he just proved himself. It was neat. Um, he's kind of a, the little horse that could. You know, he was not bred to be able to accomplish, and it was fun to see him reign against really super bred horses and still win their place. And so it just, it's thrilling to have him 
and watch him, you know, evolve kind of thing. And he always give you 110%. Yeah, and his offspring have been fantastic. How long, how old is he now? 22 years old. Wow, what a horse. He's been he's been really great for your guys' program, in my opinion. I I would love Thank to you. own one one day myself. <laughs> I'd probably have to send it to Lynette though to put some time on it for me. <laughs> yeah. The sad part with Lynette is is that people see how well she does with it, but too many people forget that they're not the writers that Lynette are. That's very true. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. and and I mean, but they are other, other other people are doing very well with them too. Of course, absolutely, mm-hmm. they are. Okay, let's go. Let's talk about a classic guy. How long have you had him for? Where did you get him? What's his story? Hmm. I've seen a classic. I can't tell you how long I've had him, but I've seen him sell. Probably about ten years. Yeah, so. sell um, just on paper <coughs> how he was bred. I've seen him, you know, sell down the states, but just. Like, he was just featured yearly at the, at the Myers Ranch sale. Yeah, mm. and um. I just couldn't believe how well bred he was on the bottom side. Yeah. And so I never dreamed I could ever own him. And then um, he sold it. That was all it was. And then when Doc's Paradise gave us some fertility problems, I started looking for another one. And after about three or four months of looking, I finally found him. When some people uh, called Hunghausers owned him. And after a period of time, we've agreed on a price and that, and we bought them. But the main reason I bought them was I was told with the Frenchman's guys, you gotta make sure you have run on the bottom side. And classic guy's mother is a stakes producer. She's a direct daughter of Dasher Cash, which is self-explanatory. Mm-hmm. And she's out of a mare called, um, she's out of a direct daughter, out of world champion daughter of three bars. And then her mother is a world champion mare, running mare called Table Taylors. And so she was just champions everywhere. Yeah. And so he was so phenomenally great on the bottom. I thought he just couldn't help but be great. No kidding. So that's why we bought him from Hunghausers. And we've become very good friends, you know, personal friends yeah, with them. Yeah, absolutely. So when you guys are looking um, at breeding a classic guy or root beer boots to your own mares that you have, how do you decide which mares you're going to breed them to? Okay, we have um, a philosophy or a thing. We like uh, some horses, like we said about uh, Frenchman's guys, we like having them have some speed on the bottom. So we found that breeding boots to speed horses have worked, but yet he's bred some other just, you know, cow type horses that have worked. Mm-hmm. And that, but mainly my goal is I would like to breed them the running horses just to give the girls that little extra yeah and he's just he's so quick and uh i had the opportunity to sell him to bobby lewis gainesville texas and carol said i i just can't let him go so he yeah. just say who 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 won that one <laughs> <laughs> i'm glad you stood your ground carol <laughs> you. yeah well i when, when he finished his showing career i I said, I'll do the financially responsible thing and we'll sell him. And, and he was worth quite a bit of money when he retired. But Doug says, no, we'll just hang on to him. And about two years later is when he thought he'd sell him on me. And I thought, nope, you're not doing that. No, nope. <laughs> can't go back on your word there. Can't do that now. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's too funny. 
So next on my list, um, he's got to be famous. Um, Eileen Willoughby's had great success. Um, Jill Craig. There's so many people who have. He's got to be famous. Kim Gertowski. Yeah, Kim yeah. Gertowski. SR famous in Paradise. Um, high selling horse at the 2013 CBHI sale. He went for 8,200 bucks, 8,250. Um, she's had numerous other successes with him other than just at the CBHI. Um, absolutely. They're yeah. absolutely a phenomenal pair. Um, his offspring earnings are in excess of $330,000. Like, way yeah, to go, there's guys. Still, there's still two horses out there that we haven't got the, any figures on, and they're rodeo horses, so we're still waiting for that. Oh, my gosh, that's mm -hmm. amazing. Yeah. Well, I, think I was um, looking to the barrel horse world, and I seen, I seen his picture, and it was nothing special, nothing saying, oh, this is the son of... Um, Dash to fame or anything like that, and I, I when I followed his pet and looked, took the time and looked in, and he got a direct daughter Rocket Wrangler. I phoned Carol. I said, "Meet me in town for dinner," and she came. And we, I said, "I'm going to buy this horse." And uh, he has an exceptional mind. He's one of the first stallions that when we get new girls in, he's one of the first ones we let the girls handle. I mean, bought our my thing is. The only stallion you can trust is a dead one, but he's the closest thing we have <laughs> to trusting him. But you know, but you just never know. And that, but he's he's fairly foolproof, but not guaranteed. Right. <laughs> you just never know, right? You always gotta exactly. be yeah, watching no, he's, it. He's the same day in and out. He's he's pretty mellow. But he was trained for cutting uh, when he was being broke in that. And even now, if we had a white German Shepherd, they would play, well, she'd play with Boots too, but he would run up and down the fence playing with her. And if any birds gets in his pen, he runs them out quickly. <laughs> hey. But yeah, you can walk in there with a the halter and he comes over and st stands there. He has a special spot in his back that he likes getting scratched. And, but he sure don't like birds or dogs in his pen. That's too funny. Oh, good. Mm -hmm. Okay, Fixin too. He's he's next on my list. Tell me about him. <laughs> I was watching a football game, and it was a boring football game, so <laughs> I flipped over to Barrel Horse World, and I keep telling Carol, I said, it's, I don't have a problem. It's God makes me do this. <laughs> but anyhow, um, I flipped open, and here was a black son of Dash to fame out of a daughter, streaking six. And, you know, I really like the looks of him, so... I thought oh, this horse would be gone, but being uh, like I was, I phoned the guy, and he said, no, I still have the horse. And I said, well, I'd really like to buy him. I said, can you give me five minutes? So he said, yeah. So Carol, come in, and I said, I'd like to buy this horse. She said, what are you waiting for? And I said, approval. <laughs> <laughs> One time. <laughs> His oldest ones will be three this year. Right on. Yeah, and uh, I just received so many positive comments on these babies everyone's just very pleased that's really exciting are they're pretty yeah they're pretty uniform group of babies yeah are all of your babies or i guess all of the studs that you have right now the six of them um how many are super stakes or cbhi or what kind of incentives do you have on they them? all uh they all will be with the cbhi and and right now they're all um as soon as we get our paperwork finished they'll all be in the super stakes. Fantastic. Be because we had uh, Chick's Honor, we sold him 
and then we kept his birth back so that we could put it on um, the new stud. Right on. So they're all in super stakes. We have our own little incentive thing. Yes. In that we paid into the future fortunes one time, and then they opened it up to everybody, so it wasn't, and we just didn't have enough response because it was most of the things were down south. Right. So, so basically, we're just doing our local things. We're in the Western Fortune, and with if they allow us, we'll put all of them in there as your time comes with the Colts being eligible. Perfect. That's really exciting, especially for young horse owners. I know I would love to get my hands on a Super Stakes myself, so that's really cool. Yeah, they're hard to come by, that's for sure. It's they, so limited. Yes, mm -hmm. they are. Okay, well, from Fixin' 2, then we go to Famous Last Call. He's currently with Kim Gratowski. No, uh, he, Kim, Kim took him for us and rode him. And, About uh, two months. I think. Okay. Yeah, she had him for two months, and he had some hawk surgery before we bought him. He hurt himself at the BFA. Oh, okay. And she rode him, and she felt that he was just a little off, and um, we took him, brought him home, had him, took him to a rapid roll vet, and he said that there is some not quite perfectly there, where he says he should be fine. And so Lynette, we were thinking about sending him with her, and she wrote him for a couple of days, she says, Doug, I, she says, I can't be totally sure, but I feel like he might be a little off. And she says, he's too good a horse to take a chance yeah. on. And so we brought him home. But he showed when he, he was a gentleman for both the ladies, and Lynette says he is really quite fast. That's exciting. Also, I want to point out that it's great that both of them noticed that he was off and didn't want to push it. So where where did you find Famous Last Call? How did he get into Actually, Sandy Famous Ridge? Famous Last Call belonged to the same people that fixed him too. Okay. There. And after I bought Famous Last Call, uh, I made him an that He wanted too much money for him and to start with. And after he had him for a while, I phone him and we talked I made him an offer and he started laughing after that and I said what's so funny he says he didn't have to Doug he says Lynn already told me that you were going to get him <laughs> you know? his wife uh, wanted him to come with up here to us so well that's that's awesome yeah yeah it's an honor yeah, yeah and the thing was is we had lost that one son uh, firewater finale and this horse was a dash to fame, a direct daughter, Firewater Flint, mm -hmm. and that. So, we, but we just wanted to have that lineage available to yes. the public also. And people said, why do you need three sons of dash to fame? Well, the reason is that they're all offered three different types of mares. Yes. And we're really high on bottom sides on horses. Mm -hmm. I mean, you can breed anybody with a thousand, ten thousand dollars could breed to pretty much any stud they want. Yeah. But doesn't mean they're going to have a great colt because if the mayor power is not there, your odds are not as good as they could be. Absolutely. Yeah, I think mayor power, people don't... Slowly more people are talking about it and realizing the importance of it, but oh, more need yeah. to. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. The, the world has changed and the girls have really stepped up. Yes, which is... Half the girls that come through here know more about my mares than I do. Oh, I love that. That's great. <laughs> They'll be testing you, Doug. Oh, yeah. In the olden days, you might have got away with BSing them, but not, not anymore. You want to make sure you've got your facts. <laughs> oh, that's too funny. 
Okay, then this brings me to your newest stud. I'm the boss. Tell me about him. He's a Trace Dice Stallion, which is so exciting, especially um, more people got to see this year um, during the NFR. Lisa Lockhart got to be on Trace Movetis, which was a Hallie Hansen mare, correct? She yeah. was riding her? Yeah. yeah. And Hallie mm -hmm. Hansen was just the 2020 Women's Rodeo World Champion, which is really exciting. So, yeah, tell us about mm -hmm. I'm the boss and how he came to okay, Sandy Ridge. I, um, a friend of mine's been a Trace Ace fan for a while, and um, I just, he's been trying to, you know, get me to buy a mare by Trace Ace, but they're, they're quite expensive horses. Mm -hmm. And um, he phoned me and said he, that he, uh, I'm the boss is in the Heritage Winter Mix Sale coming up. And he said, he said, I saw him and he said, he's gorgeous and he's a roan. And I said, what? Yeah, he said, he's a real, real cattle roan. And I just, I'm, um, color sells yep. if you have the quality. So I contacted the people that own them and I found an old ad they had out and they agreed to sell them to us for the price they had on the ad. So. We went ahead and bought him, and with COVID, and that was kind of a pain getting him up here, but he finally is here, and he's he's very nice to be around, and he's got a lot of own hair through him, and he's just a five, coming five-year-old, and we're, we're quite pleased with him, and uh, we're, Carol and I are going to have to go on a road trip. This What we do is we get all the papers, you know, pedigrees and that, and we go on a road trip to Brooks for hamburger or something. And then we go through the list and say, well, which mayor should we read to this one and that one? And so we're going to have to go through that and decide now that we have the horse here because we couldn't do it before because until you've seen the horse and know how they want to do that. Um, I tell my boys, a good-looking horse is like a good-looking woman. No matter how good-looking they are, if you can't get along with them, they're not worth having. Right. So um, the stallions and that, I wanted to be around the stallion for a bit so we could, you know, kind of see what he's like. And he's very, very nice to be around. Unfortunately, most of our stallions are. We have none that I, you know, am afraid to walk in the pen with or anything, mm -hmm. which is a nice thing, because over the years we have had some that you you would not walk in the pen with. And we've had some that we had to have <clears> two <throat> handlers on them all the time. And, uh, it takes all types. That only lasts for the year. <laughs> <laughs> it's easy come, easy go. Well, that's really mm -hmm. exciting with the, the I'm the boss and having a Trace Ice Stallion. Uh, well, the good thing about him, he's, um, yes, he's a Trace Ace, but he, on the bottom side, he, he's just so phenomenally well-bred, proven all the way through. I mean, his mother's 140-some thousand, her colts went out 350-some thousand, and then it just goes all the way back, you know, and his mother's mother, the daughter, first down dash, and then his Grandmother's his mother's daughter, he's a fast man. Yeah, his mother's my, he's a fast man. He's, he's a champion running horse and went out over 800 some thousand. So it's just phenomenally well bred on the bottom too. That's wonderful. I'm really happy for you guys. You guys have a really solid group of stallions as per usual. Thank you. So yeah. I'm really Thank excited you. to see the future of all of those ones coming up and, and hopefully this year we get to see some futurities happen. I know there are a few events that are 
plan and hoping to get the go-ahead so it'll be exciting to get to watch them this year. Absolutely, yeah. Yeah, that'll be really good. Um, So what do you look for then when considering a new mare or stallion to add to the roster? I mean, other than you've got a boring football game and you flip over to Barrel Horse World. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, well, the thing is, um, I want to go with pedigrees that I have seen doing things or well-known pedigrees. Yeah. I don't want to have to spend half an hour trying to explain to the people who my horse is by. Right. You know, and also, um, I like to have a, a bottom side on them. Yeah. And that, but then again, um, Boots, his father was a leading thing, but his mother was uh, just a nice mare, you know, but so it doesn't always mean everything, but it helps your odds if you have strong bottom side too. Absolutely. So we, we, we like that, and then we want to make sure their pedigree, yeah, that the confirmation matches their pedigree and um, that their confirmation is um, conductive to be a a producing horse. Doug does follow the the leading sire statistics very closely. Who has been your all-time favorite stallion that you guys have had at Sandy Ridge? And what made him stand out? Well, we go through that, and every time Boots kicks the pen, I I can be hammering a board, and he thinks it's another stud trying to pretend like he's a stud. So he'll squeal and kick the bed, but <laughs> he's been with us so long and he's such a character, uh, we would have to say that. Yeah. I mean, if Carol was going to kick me out, I'd probably pick another stallion to take with me, but right now he's our favorite. <laughs> <laughs> he hates to admit it, but that's the truth. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but it's, been, it's really hard. People have asked me, you know, what's your favorite, what's your favorite mirror? And they're, they're all, I like them all for certain reasons. Of course. Well, yeah, yeah, you have an outstanding group like that. It would be pretty hard to just pick one, but I thought I'd try mm-hmm. to ask you guys a tough question, so I had to yeah, ask. Yeah, I think because Boots pulls at the heartstrings. No. Yeah, it, it's more <laughs> sentimental. Yeah. Um, I, I actually, what I don't like about Boots is he's not an internationally known pedigree horse mm-hmm. as such, where some of her other, like, um, fixing to, his mother just had a cold uh, that won the permanent for the WPCA or something uh, in the um, Barrel Horse World this week. Oh, really? And, yeah. I think it's on page 84, if I remember right. <laughs> not, not that anyway, but, you know, but it's just, I like, I like having things like that going on. and. Yeah. It's, it and, makes it easy uh, to be able to talk about them and people right away know what you're talking about, which makes sense. Right. Right, yeah, something to relate to, you betcha. So. Yeah, yeah. It's women's professional rodeo stuff. Yeah. What are some things that you guys have noticed over the years that have changed with the horses, whether it's um, the stallions or the breeding or oh, confirmation things? Oh, riding so much better horses. Yeah. I mean, in the older days, you could go by down south and buy a great horse and come up here and do great yeah but there's so many great ones and so many great riders up here now that it's it's tough going those girls are good yeah one thing i've noticed um when we first started the girls didn't even care if the horses were petted or people in general not necessarily the girls they didn't seem to care if they were even registered right and then after a while it, it you could just see the whole thing evolving 
Yeah. And towards uh, towards the late 80s, we could get a feel for more barrel horses, and we just kept bringing in horses that seemed to be in demand or would be fill a void, and that's kind of where we went from there. But now, you know, the girls with the internet coming in, <coughs> excuse me, they, they see all of these reports and statistics, and it helps them with their decision making. Yeah, absolutely, which then in turn can help you guys as mm-hmm. well, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That's really good. Yeah. Like when we first started out, the only magazine out there for any advertising was Western Horseman. Yeah. That's, uh, that was it. Um, when we Shortly after we were married, <coughs> I, um, I would take and read probably one or two hours a night in the horse books, and then I got the reference books come out and I would tra- trace back pedigrees and uh, that was a passion for me. I really liked it and it really has helped us. Do you know what the, the reference books are? The reference books? No, Have I don't. <laughs> well, so that was before the internet, uh, HMHA published a large, it looks like a Bible in 1974 with a list of any horse that it had produced or sired. Wow offspring and it's it's uh, I'll send a picture someday and it's quite a book and then they would send out and every year there would be an update uh, mm-hmm. for that next year but after a while it just kind of petered out computer, the internet computer st- over. yeah the computer stepped in and that's so it's but um, I still have all mine and uh, you can go back and when you go back to the real real old ones mm-hmm. I mean I, I don't believe that the horses five generations away from Go-Man-Go, it doesn't carry a lot of weight. Yeah. But as long as they're strong all the way through, it does carry weight. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of neat following them and seeing that all their ancestors are, are doing, had done something and they're, they're respectable horses. Mm-hmm. This uh, reference book that we, we have, it's actually sitting here on the kitchen table tonight, but um, I was remember way back when, when we got it, there's pages and pages of three bars and what his his siring abilities were like his offspring and when dash for cash came along we were totally impressed with his siring ability too and thought we'd never see another one like it in our lifetime um you know i almost wanted to see if he oh yeah he outsired three bars but i don't think that's the case but anyway so i didn't think we'd ever see another one like it in our lifetime and then his son first down dash outsired him right and now the son of Dash, uh, Dash is Dash the same. Like, it's incredible. That is incredible. That is a very strong line. Yeah, and that's how Doug feels like he can handle three sons of Dash the same, as there's that creates a nice outcross for other mares that aren't related. Yeah. A nice selection. And the, one of the reasons we bought He's the Boss, or I'm the Boss, um, is that he, he was a total outcross to the Frenchman's guys and dash to fames and all that mm-hmm. and so we would have something available for future for our clientele and that yeah i really like that you did that i'm quite excited about him myself i don't have a mare to breed but i'm excited <laughs> <laughs> well you might be able to ride a baby soon yeah that would be awesome um what kind of advice mare owners like what to expect and how to prepare if they're going to be sending you guys one of their mares they have to decide what they want. Um, yeah. Some places request certain health things where um, uh, we're respectful for that, but 
we're not, you don't have to have everything five panel tested and et cetera, which I don't have anything against that. It's a good thing, but, yeah, you know, just find out what's the ins and outs of each station yeah. and see what they offer. Do I have to pay extra for have my mayor inseminate it? Uh, do the people do their own teasing or do they do greet off of palpations from a vet, which if that's the case, their, their fees go go up. Mm-hmm. And ask the point blank to say, what do you expect on an average situation? Will this cost me? Yeah. No yeah. different than buying a house or anything else. Exactly. You know, it's the bottom line. Yeah, and do your you want to be doing your research, and and yeah, finding everything out so that there's no surprises. Yeah, because it, it's really sad to see, you know, people come and they had just, you know, had a bad experience. Had a bad experience, and some of the people that we had come through really couldn't afford to have those type of things happen to them. Right. And it kind of kills our horse market, you know, yeah. as far as new clientele and all that. Right. So, so I know, but just be point. You know, it's your bit. It's their business to get their mayor. So just say how much is it going to cost me, mm-hmm. roughly. Right. Know? So basically, when someone brings a mayor here, Cassie, um, they we just ask for a hundred dollar deposit, and we we do the contract when they're here. We mm-hmm. don't take bookings ahead of time. Okay. And uh, then the, our charges here are our board rate and some, a few ultrasounds. And then the balance is due when they leave. Perfect. And we do offer cooled semen. They're able to ship that away as well. Right on. Good. Options are always nice for people. So, okay, let's say I've got a mare. She's cowbred through and through. I'll, I'll use my old mare, Stella Ray. I had sold her as a broodmare at the time. I had no interest or the money to be breeding her. So she was mm-hmm. Dula top and bottom. If I was coming Exciting. to you guys, yeah, she was, I loved her. And anyways, oh. I'll start crying about it. Um, <laughs> so I have her, but I want to come to you guys because I like what you have to offer. How do I narrow mm-hmm. down which stallion would be best suited to her? Well, okay, first, first thing is, what do you want to do with the colt? Do you want to barrel race the colt? Yes. Okay. Uh, what's the weather like on your mare? Probably not so good to be in that reading. No, it wasn't great. She was built like a brick okay, shithouse. So there, <laughs> yes, exactly what I expected. So therefore, what I would do is you need something with wither and something that has some run. Mm-hmm. Now, um, possibly some height. Yes. And some height. Mm-hmm. And that. So, because, I mean, some of those, I mean, there's some great barrel horses that are straight cow bred, but right. my, my f- feeling is it's, the only time run affects your horses if you don't have any in it. Yeah. And so, I I, I would recommend one of my stallions that are, are bred a little more speed. Yeah. But then again, um, Dash to Fame was a, a racehorse. Yeah. Um, he's got to be famous. His mother is director on a Rocket Wrangler. Yeah. So that's a racehorse. Um, Flit. He's offered um, Firewater Flit, and so therefore. Uh, Firewater Flit was not known to be fast. He was a turning horse. Mm-hmm. Uh, Fix It Two is it's fast, top and bottom. Yeah. And now um, our new horse here. I'm the boss. I'm the, <laughs> I, I had problems with that because it kept calling Carol the boss. <laughs> <laughs> but anyhow, uh, he's 
he's about a 91 speed index. He's won close to 20,000. He won his trials in the Rainbow, which is a, a very reputable race. Mm -hmm. And so he's got speed, and he's bred to have speed, and his pedigree is so full of high money-earning speed horses that I, I, I would think I would, something I would consider would be him or Fixin' too. Yeah. But what's your opinion, Carol? I think, you know, either that or Famous Love, so something a little taller. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, definitely. Mm -hmm. Stella was yeah. about 14-1 uh -huh. hands high. She was just little. <laughs> yeah. See, I, I would stay away from Famous Love tall because he's not raised spread on the bottom. Mm-hmm. He's not 100%. Yeah, right. he's firewater flit and that. And I so, think it's probably enough. Yeah, yeah. so that's, that gives you three-quarters cow or work and only quarter run i i kind of like to mix it up right and i like having a, i call it my 50 50 horses because if i want it all of a sudden i decide i want it to go more into cow i could breed it so i have three quarter cow quarter run or if i want to go into barrels i have three quarter run and quarter cow which doesn't hurt them either right <coughs> so that's why i would pick them but i mean um you might walk in here and see flit as we call them and just totally love them or you know right so uh, beauty's in the eye of the beholder absolutely and I all mean, we're here for is to represent our horses and present them to you the best we can and then they they have to make the final decision and sometimes if the woman leaves her husband at home it makes it easier because <laughs> sometimes they have two different opinions <laughs> More often yeah. than not, I'm sure. Yeah, it happened when we had Mr. Orton come. Like, the girls wanted to, they were pretty excited that he was available to the public. And <laughs> and then Doug Adolfo got a, a, a stallion in the same year as Deuce Genuine Fan, I believe, was yeah, his name. So he was a big, strong, powerful horse. And then Mr. Horton was like 20 years old when he arrived, 14 3 and a little down in the back. And <laughs> the husbands would, they'd see. The girls would see Mr. Horton, but the husbands would see the dude's genuine son, and there was there was a discussion for sure. That <laughs> <laughs> oh, one that fellow that would bring me a mare uh, every year, and and he'd try different stallions. And the little one year, he says, "You decide," <laughs> and he drove away. <laughs> oh my gosh! <laughs> so I did. I I don't know what stallion I chose, but I did up his invoice as surprise. <laughs> <laughs> So what are some of the more dominant traits that you notice that have been passed down from the stallions that show up in their offspring? I could say he's got to be famous. I find that his foals are just there for you. They're pretty constant. Mm -hmm. uh, maybe some of the girls that have ridden them would say differently, but handling the babies, they're just like, here I am, and I'll do what you want. Um, the boots foals, I find that they have some personality to them and they're playful I refer to him as being like a board board border collie he wants to do his job and do it right and I do find that I hear comments about these boots have personalities um, famous last call his colts too are very they're they're so uniform and nice to they're just nice calm minds about them willing to work mm -hmm. and we also found that with uh, famous last calls baby this was his first year for foals on the ground, and they halter broke beautifully. Wonderful. And classic guy, yeah, they're, they're, he's a little bit saucy. He can be <laughs> playful himself. Yeah, and we find that some of his babies are, but they're still, they're extremely smart, extremely smart. 
and fix, fix it to so far the response is that they're just nice easy going because I try to raise horses that an average person can ride because there's not enough cowboys anymore and there's not the people that are running drive, riding 20 miles a day chasing cows all day to really get these horses broke so right. they they don't want to and too many people are professionals and they can't afford to get, get on a bunch of bronchi horses and get themselves hurt no so and we have you know um i find some of the um some of the cutting lines are a little more prone to um bucking than some of the racehorse lines <laughs> talking about the the racehorse lines some changes that i've seen i think there's a lot of really good-minded racehorses right now I, th I think there's it's come a long ways they, these colt horses can think and and handle the pressure and also the girls are are training differently as well yeah i would probably say the training's come a long ways too it has it's really come they've, they've done a beautiful job these girls well the great horses have to have a mind because they have to know if they're uh, a banana case and beating their heads against their starting gates and everything else they're not going to last in the industry. No. But if they if they sit down there, square themselves up, and break out like a bullet, you know they're thinking, they're smart, and that. And so, yeah, 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 have to see what you know what matches best. And I mean, if you have a a really doggy mare, I put a little more gas in her. Yeah. As far as you know, you don't want something that should be easier to walk and lead them than to ride them because they're so quiet right you know i want something that'll step out but maybe some people would be more than glad to have something that just walks in that instead of having something that's you know that's trotting or prancing all the time right exactly i mean everybody's going to be different so to yep. each their own whatever's going to work for them in their program really yeah yeah what so you guys were into the race horses for a year you were saying were you well we've been in it for quite a few years yes okay so were you training horses were you you were just in no, the breeding we, section we, of it we had we had we bought horses and sent them out to trainers like we we raced down in um idaho utah for a few years and then we had some race horses up here in canada not but um i can't say that it was financially lucrative for us. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, I had the compliment from a couple of people said that we we're probably one of the few people that make money with our horses, but our horses had been subsidized from our other stuff to get it to the point where they're at now. Right. Uh, if I would have started off with five bears and a stud, I don't think I could have... Uh, built up as fast as we have, but, but we have subsidized to the point now that they, they are, uh, I would have to say, profitable. That's awesome. Not that we're buying the place in Arizona or anything, but they're, they're, they carry their own and do show a profit. And so that's how we can reinvest back into, you know, new stallions, new mares, because that one month, well, uh, in December, I think we bought five mares and one stallion, and Carol said that was starting to stretch it a little bit. <laughs> I'm surprised, you know, you should almost um, give I'm the boss, his barn name might be Carol, if you keep going back and forth. <laughs> actually, actually, we bought the 
when they dropped the horse home, we brought him from the west down to South Dakota, and Butch says, how'd you make out with the horse? And I says, well, really good. He came out of the trailer, and he went in and carried on for a minute, and, and after about two minutes, he found out that Carol was the boss, and he really wasn't. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's so funny. Yeah, he was just, he was just letting people know he was there. And, what has been the most memorable name that you've ever registered? Uh, route 66? Yes, our Route 66. Yeah. I think that's the one that I think was the, probably the cleverest name, and then, then, the, then the Lynette Lynch named him Freeway. I love it. That's perfect. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Well, is there anything else that you guys would like to touch on or, or talk about or discuss? Um, no, just go tell people breathe, go in with both eyes open, find out what the facts and know what your goals are, and try not to overspend your budget because horses are supposed to be a pleasure, not a detriment. Yeah, ain't that the truth? That's good advice, Doug. Yeah, I, I've been terrible to tell me that for years. I should have figured it out sooner or later. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's too funny. And Carol, I want to know, what is your secret to looking forever young? Oh my goodness. Does Doug keep you young? If you, if you always treat your wife like a thoroughbred, she'll never turn into an old nag. That <laughs> must be the reason. And that's eh? why she looks so young. There it is. You treat her like a thoroughbred. Perfect. Yeah, and she also says any man that says he's a boss of his own house will lie about other things too. There you go. Yeah, you really believe that one. Eh? <laughs> Thank you for listening to us, and I hope I didn't bore you. <laughs> oh my gosh, not at all. I don't think I've laughed this much in a while. No. Thank you. Thank you so much for you guys to come on the podcast. I really do appreciate it. Oh, you're welcome. It's been our pleasure. At the end of the recording, Doug, Carol, and I continued our conversation. Naturally, past stallions came up, and I realized we didn't really get to touch base on on that in this episode. So I interrupted and told them I needed to record it as well so that you, the lister, could hear some of their stories. If you would like to hear a part two with Doug and Carol and more on their past stallions, let me know and I will gladly have them back on to share those stories with you. Until then, please enjoy this little bit. Champion. And uh, there was another stallion we stood, uh, give him a black son of dash for cash, his name was give him a lick, and, and he, he really got things kind of rolling for us. We bred 68 mares to him the first year. So, like he was the first son of Dash for Cash in Canada. That's amazing. So, yeah, and he had a super good mind on him and, and, and had some very good colts go on as well. Um, we stood Doc's Paradise as far as notable stallions. Yes. Perry Sand. Perry, Perry Sand, a cutting stallion. Mm -hmm. And we had um, Sizzle T, which is, had what is a, one out over 200 and some thousand. A racehorse and he's a sire to Sizzling Lil. Yeah, it produced chronic goes back to chronic task and tell all those go back to Sizzling Lil. It's it just we've been fortunate to have nice stallions, but sometimes <coughs> they weren't you know as accepted as like Sizzle T was not pretty. He won two hundred twenty five thousand dollars too. Yeah, but he, he turned just, a few heads. Um, see another stallion. Uh, we had we stood a paint stallion. Remember when he had a bit of Olympia speed index of 94? He was a leading money earner in 1983 in the paint paint association. Yeah. Um, Bass Moon Chick. 
Fast Moon Chick. And that, that's not too long ago either. No. He died in 1914. Now there's a cute story behind him. We were dug, dug by just about all these stallions, sight unseen. And so um, this uh, Fast Moon Chick, he was brought as far as Gold. Where did he come to? Anyway, partway into Montana from Queen Creek, Arizona. And when we saw him, he was lean and thin and drug his hind feet and and the lady had told well anyway so we we get him in our trailer and we go about four or five miles down the road and we both of us look at each other simultaneously like we were traveling in silence and Doug stepped on the brake and pulled over and he says he just looked at me and he says well she did say if we didn't like him we could send him back <laughs> <laughs> and he just said well I've seen what you can do. You put weight on these guys, and and yeah, we're not sorry we kept him. That's for sure. Like the first bull that ran that year, won a saddle, and it was that very year that uh, Marianne Stoney told us that those. It's clear that those colts want to be barrel horses. Yeah. We have eight daughters of his in our broodmare band now. Wonderful. Are you sure it's eight and not nine? Oh, you sold one. <laughs> Carol, told, Carol told me to cut back, so I sold one, and then that, two days later, I got help for selling it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, jeez. So yeah, how, how well, long did you have Fast Moon Chick for? He, you know, he died here at our place, or well, he died at Moore & Company, but when I loaded him in the trailer to take him to Moore & Company in 2014, I realized he hadn't been off the place and in a trailer since he was three years old. Wow. And he was 21, I think, when he died, yeah. Wow. He yeah, so we had him most of his life. He, yeah. he got to watch the beautiful sunrise and sunsets in Bazano. Yes, he did. Yeah. He sure did. <laughs> he was not, it's, to me, he did not look like he would be a barrel horse sire. He's 16, 16 one, and <laughs> not as thick and powerful as I thought. <laughs> but the proof is in the pudding and yeah. his colt worked and they had the mindset that everybody could ride him. You didn't have to be a professional rider to do well with him and you didn't have to dope him to make him so you could get him in the arena. Yeah. Mm -hmm. so. Well, we could chat about all these guys. There's stories to tell about all of them. But yeah, okay. My parting words will be, the only stallion you can trust is a dead one. Well, I hope you enjoyed this episode with Doug and Carol Schaefer of Sandy Ridge Stallion Station. If you'd like more information on Sandy Ridge, you can go to their website, sandyridge.ab.ca. If you have any suggestions or someone that you'd like to hear on the podcast, please let me know. Leave me a note. You can find me on the Facebook page, Instagram, or the website, lipstickandcowboyboots.com. Until next time.